All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Oh, you're getting a call. How exciting. Who's this gonna be? I hope it's someone famous. I missed the call just as I was answering it. Just as I answered it, they're like, fuck this. I'm not someone famous. <laughs> it was like, uh, are you going to call them back? No, because it's an unknown number. It's probably it's from Canada. We know that much. Ooh, I love that place. Yeah. Rebecca and I were just talking about how in the States, they just refer to Canada as if it's just like one place where everything is the same. Right. Like, like if they say, if you were to go to the States, they would say you're from Halifax, Canada, which sounds so bizarre here. Yeah. And they would also say like, rather than saying like, I'm from Halifax or Nova Scotia, you just say I'm from Canada. I'm from Canada. <laughs> Cause you know, it's, like, they'll understand there's no risk. They're going to go. What's that? Yeah. Uh, but they're familiar with a couple of cities or places, but they pronounce them incorrectly. Like they say Toronto with a really sharp second T. Sometimes I do that too. I realized. That one's not so offensive. That one's right. up for up for discussion. But Montreal is a thing Americans say. Montreal. I always yeah. notice Montreal and Newfoundland. Yeah. Sometimes Montreal too. Montreal. Mon- the Montreal, like Montreal Comedy Fest. Yeah, you're right. You're so right. Can I make an observation about you? Sure. You have been working really hard this week, perhaps too hard for a single person. Uh, it's not gone unnoticed by me. Thank you. I know. I, I was saying today, I haven't even seen you. No, I know. I, I saw you for a moment on Monday, and you were a bit of a zombie. You were, I was, I you was were a little like, zonked, and I was, I was like, like, this guy's already off to a, uh, a tired start. I was just stressed because we had to do that 12-hour, like, I basically did, like, a giveaway on Friday night and a giveaway on Monday night. Yep. And they were both 12-hour days yep. with, like, that were kind of sandwiching a weekend. The weekend was fine, but then I was just really in a foul mood on Monday because I had so much shit to get done. Oh, look, I get really cranky if I feel like I'm not getting enough me time. Yeah. Absolutely. It was like that. It was like, yeah. why can't I just go home and be done? But you, but I think we're good for, like, another month. You feel a little better now? Yeah. A little more eased off? Yep, definitely. That's good. Yep. Thank you, though. I appreciate the uh, your acknowledgement. <laughs> well, I know that it frustrates me if I feel like I've been working more than any person should have to work. Right. And it's going unnoticed. Yeah. And then you feel like a bit of an asshole for like saying to people like, I'm really tired. I'm fucking going crazy here. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So, yeah. But I also told people that. And no, also, and I always do too. I often tell you, in fact. Yeah. And I also kind of was just like freaking out at people like people were coming in and I was just like, no. It doesn't make sense. Really? You were temperamental on Monday. Yeah, definitely. Really? More so than like, yeah. Well, what sort of things were going wrong? Nothing even really just like, just like the putting out fires things. Yeah. Like those kind of things. I was like, well, the, or like, yeah, just small stuff. Uh, like not, I, I don't want to get too emotional, but like just today I had one of those days where nothing monumental went especially wrong. Like nothing, Nothing went so catastrophically poorly that it ruined my day right. on its own. But a bunch of little things came together where by the end of it, I was just like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> really? Yeah. So I had that moment. And then by the time I got home, I was just like on the verge of a total episode because I was like, I can't do this day anymore. This day is just, just really? really rubbing me the wrong way. You know, when you meet a person and you don't like them and you're not really sure why. Yeah. That's how I felt about this day. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, do you feel recovered from it or is it still kind of going on? Becky made quesadillas for dinner and I had a glass of wine. I feel a little better now. Turned around. 
But that it's only Wednesday is kind of bumming me out. Yep. Yeah. I hear that. Yeah. I, it feels like it should be Friday. Well, since you've been putting in all these really long days. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I felt that way on Tuesday. Oh, this is our young life, my friend. That's right. We got to work. That's true. All um, right. We got a few things to discuss in terms of entertainment news. A- excellent. Uh, okay, you want to open on the Emmys? Yeah. Because the Emmys are this Sunday, mm-hmm. but the Creative Arts Emmys... And really, all Emmys are creative arts. Yeah. But anyway, they do like an Emmy pre-show where they get some of them out of the way yep. the week before. And I just have a couple of notable people uh, who are famous people. We won't go through all of them because a lot of them are like makeup and okay. uh, cinematography or whatever, uh, television awards. But famous people who have won Emmys already in 2017. Uh, Jane Lynch won for Best Actress in a Short. Okay. Something called uh, Dropping the Soap. I've never heard of it. Okay. Alexis Bledel won for Best Guest Actress in a Drama Series, which was Handmaid's Tale. This is oh, interesting wow. because know. she's already been brought on as a series regular for oh, season wait. two. Alexis Bledel was the Gilmore girl. Yeah. Yes. That's right. Okay. Rory Gilmore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's going to be in season two regularly. She won't qualify for this category again, but she won an Emmy. And that is just the first of many, many Emmys for The Handmaid's Tale, I suspect. Yeah. Uh, Melissa McCarthy won for Best guest actress in a comedy saturday night live right guest hosting in which she most notably portrayed sean spicy sean spicy spicer who said yesterday in an interview that he thinks they should share the emmy <laughs> i think interesting he's, he's got a good sense of humor about it at least i i know like and he's not a threat to the world anymore or no. to the nature of truth no. so he's kind of harmless and i just kind of feel bad for him right because i think even in the trump administration he wasn't the cool kid oh really yeah, I think like Steve Bannon probably picked on him. Right. <laughs> Pushed him around. I get that impression. Lunch money. He was no. like, Steve, give it back. Steve, I'm doing this, okay? And Steve <laughs> was like, no, you're not. Chewing your gum, spicy. Uh, another Saturday Night Live award. Dave Chappelle wins his first Emmy in his career for guest actor in a comedy series when he hosted SNL. That's very cool. A rather edgy monologue he gave. Yep. So that's cool. RuPaul won for best host of a reality competition series. Okay. RuPaul's Drag Race. Mm-hmm. Seth MacFarlane won for best voiceover performance in Family Guy. Wow, why which not? Which is interesting. I mean, maybe he wins that award a lot. I don't know. Yeah. But he plays so many characters on that now iconic show totally. that I think it's deserved. Yeah, if so, if, if nothing else, he's gotten better over the years for all the voices he's done. Look, you can say what you want about Family Guy, whether or not it's not as good as it used to be. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, these shows have a relationship with the audience that was uh, 15 when they came on. Yeah. And, and really thought they were quite edgy and hilarious at the time, and now we outgrow them. The Simpsons is the same. The Die sure. Hard Simpson fan will tell you that The Simpsons sucks now. Well, we're at a point now where the where Family, okay, family Guy was off air for a long time, and then it came back. It was never off air for a long time. Well, it was off for like four or five years. No way. No. It was off for like two seasons max. That was it. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so altogether, it, it's it's run since the beginning. It's probably been like, I think almost twenty years. I think they're starting their sixteenth season. Sixteenth. Okay. Yeah, they started in ninety nine. I don't know what the math is exactly. Sure. But yeah, he's been around the block, and I think he's proved himself a comedy genius. Yeah. Truthfully. Yeah. I saw a video recently. Somebody did like a like a local news story about how impressive is this 25-year-old animator who just signed a deal with Fox to do a series called The Family Guy. He's 25. Oh, wow. He's got big Coke bottle glasses and like greasy Caesar hair. Wow. And uh, he's Seth MacFarlane. 
That's crazy. It's wild. Yeah, I want to see that article. Um, and now he's like handsome and suave and sings like Frank Sinatra. Did you watch uh, the Orville yet? No. I th- did it. Did it premiere? The I Orville? think it premiered on. Su- well, I thought it was premiering on Sunday. I saw a lot of commercials. You might be football. right about that. Yeah. The new Star Trek Discovery series premieres in like a week or two, so I think we should pair those together for the. Sure. I think that's a natural pairing. Uh, without getting too into it, the Orville seems to have very mixed reviews. Oh, Some are very negative. Uh, and I think part of the problem is that it's just been uh, poorly marketed. You assume that it's going to be a Ted-style drama, but I guess it, or Ted-style comedy, but I guess it's a comedy drama. Like, there's a lot of, like, really? serious stuff in cool. it. Cool. With some laughs. Yeah. Um, other people are saying, no, look, this isn't exactly what I thought it was, but it's better than I expected. Sure. So maybe it stands a chance. Cool. I, I'm totally down to check that out. I, don't I can't wait to it, watch it. I don't think it's satire like we were led to believe. No, it's not going to be like a spoof of uh, like Star Trek. No, it's like actually a sci-fi show that happens to borrow a lot from Star Trek. Sure. Okay. That's cool. what I gather. So congrats to him. Leah Remini won an Emmy this week for Best uh, Outstanding Informational Series, a sort of Scientology documentary ongoing. Cool. Uh, Meryl Streep won an Emmy because... She has to win something at every, every award show. Year. Best What's... narrator for something called Five Came Back. Okay. No and idea what it is. Carpool Karaoke won Best Variety Special. I didn't know they had a variety special. I don't know what that is. You didn't know that Carpool Karaoke had its own thing, or you didn't know that Variety Special well, was a well, award? Well, I knew Variety Special was a category, but like Carpool Karaoke is a segment on The Late Late Show. Right. It's also now its own series on Apple Music, of all places. Right. It's not really bearable on Apple mm-hmm. Music. Because um, they do this thing, like they did, maybe we talked about this before, but Maisie Williams and Sophie Turner did their own episode. It's just yeah. the two of them. And neither of them can sing. Right. And... You really need to have somebody in the car who can sing on Carpool Karaoke. Right. As it turns out. So you can't just watch. You can watch it on Apple Music, though. Or you can't watch it. You can only listen to it on Apple Music. No, you can watch it on Apple Music. It's like a free video on Apple Music, but otherwise I don't think you have access to it. So I don't know if that's what what won the Emmy. I don't think so. Okay. Because that's a relatively new thing. I think they might have had like a primetime CBS special where they just aired highlights from all of the different James Corden Carpool Karaoke's. Right. And I think that won an Emmy. Which is lazy because they were just, it's just a compilation. Right. Anyway. Yeah. That's not cool. By why, and large, I'm really, I'm really entirely over James Corden. He's now my least favorite. <laughs> You've really done the full, were you ever on the other side for him? Were you I was excited about him at first. I thought, yeah. oh, th- this was a good hire to offset Stephen Colbert. Yep. He's exuberant and he's mm-hmm. talented, but now it just feels as phony as many of the rest of them. Yeah. Yeah, the one that I feel maintains a shred of dignity as far as late night goes, well, Seth Meyers and Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel's always just kind of been the through Kimmel line. Kimmel knows what he is. And, yeah. Absolutely. Conan is still really sure. good. Sure. Yeah, you're he, right. Conan's he's Conan. easy to forget about, which is kind of a shame. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just because it's on TBS, I think. Yeah, I guess so. For us, especially. Not, it's interesting. Not I, I started reading the Bill Carter sequel to The Late Shift. So this is, uh, it's called The War for Late Night. And he wrote it after the Leno Conan debacle of 2009 right. or whatever it was. Um, and I'm just in chapter two. And it so far seems extremely uh, biased against Jay, as I assume The yeah. Late Shift was also. Right. Um, it seems very pro-Conan. But uh, it starts out with that five-year uh, flashback when Jay, quote-unquote, promised Conan The Tonight Show. So, like, when they initially made the plan to give Conan the show five years out, 
um, he chose The Tonight Show over an 11.30 show on Fox, which was willing to pay him $21 million a year. Really? He was making $3 million bucks doing Late Night at NBC. Yeah. And Fox was like, we'll pay you $21 million to be our guy to go against Jay and Dave. And so he almost took it, but then he was like, hang on. I think I can get NBC to give me the Tonight Show. Right. I want the Tonight Show. Sure. Um, that sucks. And they did, but then he lost it. And now, I mean, I don't know how much he makes annually at TBS. It is his show the way The Late Show was David Letterman's show. That's right. a good way to get paid, but it's yeah. obviously paid cable and it's a smaller, or it's not paid cable, it's basic cable. And so it's a smaller thing. He did get a $40 million buyout from right. NBC, though. That was convenient. Yes. And he got to do his tour. I think he grew a little bit does he joke about it at all anymore like i don't think it's funny anymore i nah. think it's just like well, why do we need to keep dwelling on that this? was the thing yeah but if there's a natural in for it i think right. he can laugh at himself yeah like i wonder if people are on saying my show airs on nbc this thursday and if he still does like a <laughs> no i don't think that happens so much now okay no i but i think if like if somebody were to come on the show and be like oh yeah my last show got canceled it's like really a bummer when you have your dream job and you lose it right. i think i think then he would go oh, i don't know anything about that <laughs> sure you okay. know like if there's an obvious in good example uh veep is announced to be ending after season five one more season of veep only five yeah i found that kind of odd too it feels like it's been on for like eight seasons yeah yeah i definitely thought that it gets it wins emmys every time it's on I think she's nominated this time around as well. Absolutely. Uh, and, and now knowing that it might be the last time, although she'll probably get nominated again next year because the Emmys are staggered weirdly. Yeah. She won't be nominated for this coming season that is yet to air, so she'll be nominated next year for the right. Emmy. Uh, and I'm, I, I, I don't disagree that she's spectacular, but it is a little bit tiresome. Mm -hmm. That said, five seasons is tasteful. That's not like sure. a vulgar run. I think that's fine. Oh, the big, the big entertainment news of the week follow-up to our conversation just last week about the firing of colin trevorrow from episode nine yep jj's back for nine. Oh no way you missed this that's great yes i don't know why i miss all of this star wars i think the last week in general has been a wash for it's me been a so blur. fill me in sure no this just happened yesterday uh Whoa. i caught it right away they it was first announced that he was in talks to come back to write and direct star wars episode nine and then it was immediately confirmed right we're so happy to have jj back on board now he's producing star wars episode eight so he's never had his hands out right uh but it'd be interesting jj doesn't finish a lot of things i don't know if that's ever occurred to you he he gets the ball rolling on stuff and, and then, he, then he backs off that's kind of always been his mo right and this will have to be somewhat conclusive story-wise. This, yeah, this might be his biggest project, and I'm happy that he's staying in because all along I was saying, well, like, okay, Force Awakens was great. Why doesn't JJ just make all of these without thinking? You know, maybe he just doesn't have the time. He's got other things going on. Maybe he doesn't want to. And it can't be because he's too expensive. There's, there's no. Star Wars, yeah. right? I mean, he probably is expensive, but right. there's Star Wars. Yeah, and. You'd think that they would want to deliver the best product. Obviously, there's been some director drama within Lucasfilm lately, and they're like, listen, we can't run the risk of this main... Because remember you said last week, like, as long as the main Star Wars movies are good, we haven't really lost Star Wars. Yeah. I agree with that, and they probably agree also. Mm -hmm. Not that they want their uh, anthology movies, so they're called, to be poor either, but there's definitely less at risk. Right. Yeah, it's a, you know, you can step out a little bit more and take and some risks. And I think risks. Star Wars Episode Eight is done, and I think they're confident in it. And so they really want this trilogy to be strong. Yep. Because it'll be 
one of the great film comebacks ever. Definitely. So that's really exciting. And just today it was announced that Star Wars Episode Nine is bumped back six months. So it's going to come out uh, in May of... Cat, uh, cat, you got to get out of here. Walked cat, all got, over the laptop. Yeah, she. I, I think she did walk on the laptop. Get away! Oh, throw her! Throw that cat! Throw, oh, cat was. She's thrown. so needy. It's bizarre. <laughs> she just walked out. Ugh. Oh my Zip goodness. Say fine. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, so they're going to uh, release Star Wars Episode Nine May 2019. Mm-hmm. Now it's bumped back to December. And everybody on Reddit, I'm sorry, that's my only source of no, being connected fine. to the world, but everybody agrees Star Wars is really suiting Christmas nicely. Let's just keep them at Christmas. Yeah, I, I love, love that. I love the idea of that being part of the Christmas season. Being like a Christmas break thing that yeah. you can go do. Now Han Solo is coming out next May. Mm-hmm. And, um, and what's the one that's going up against Avatar? I don't know. I, is that Star, still maybe Star Wars Nine? Maybe it. Maybe it's not though, because because Star Wars Episode Nine got moved. Is Avatar supposed to be coming out this December? No, no. James Cameron just started work on like principal photography. Really? He is. He is so delusional. It's bananas. <laughs> yeah. He is so delusional, thinking we want four more Avatar movies. Four if more? Any at all? Yeah, five. It's a series of five films. Oh, my and it's been God. like what? eight years since the last one yeah we're, we're a different world now we don't care about that anymore man we no. don't care he's gonna have to make it pretty enticing for us you're to gonna have to make it in. like vr yeah yeah honestly because like that was the star of avatar before was the was the 3d 3d is so passe now yeah they're not really doing anything in 3d anymore in fact we decided uh via imax recently that people don't really like 3d as much as the movie studio spot. Right. Although I think it might come back in a more intense role like 10 years down the road. And for all I'd say about James Cameron being kind of a D-bag, obviously sure. Avatar was stunning to look at. Yeah, it was great. But I don't And most of his again. other movies are very good. Great filmmaker, yeah. but I think he's an arrogant like an arrogant person. Yeah. Come on. Come on, pal. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, new study finds Rotten Tomatoes does not have an impact on the commercial success of a film. It's been like a big topic this year. A lot of movie studios blaming Rotten Tomatoes for helping their, uh, for keeping their films from being successful. The prime example was Baywatch. I think Baywatch tested really well, right? And it, it was extremely poorly performing in the box office, namely because the reviews were so poor. Now, to blame Rotten Tomatoes is really kind of silly because Rotten Tomatoes doesn't produce any original content. It's just an aggregator of a bunch of different reviews that mm. exist from different publications that aren't in cahoots with one another. They individually submit reviews for a film and decide whether or not they thought it was good. Right. A lot of people unanimously decided Baywatch was bad. And so maybe people didn't go because everybody said the movie was bad. But regardless, you can't blame anything except for the quality of your film. Who did this study that was like, it's conclusive? That's I feel like it was. I, I, like it's question. I don't know, but I think there are, are there are enough exceptions to the charge that you really can't hold them responsible. There are enough poorly reviewed movies that do well commercially and vice versa. Yeah, yeah, you're right. There have to be. Yeah, I, I don't think it's ever really hindered me. I mean, if yeah, maybe if there's something that totally tanked on Rotten Tomatoes, I wouldn't be really stoked to go see it. Can you it. think of a movie that you know is not technically a good film but you love it anyway uh yeah well there's there's plenty of those there are a lot of rom-coms like like surf ninjas 
Surf Ninjas. Surf Ninjas. Have you ever seen Surf Ninjas with no. like Rob Schneider, an early 90s movie? It's an Never. awful movie. It's one of those like how did this get made kind of movies. And like some of the Fast and Furious 2s, like yep. they're so ridiculous. Yep. They're absolutely outlandish. There's scenes where people are driving through Rio <laughs> being chased by 20 cop cars. The cop cars are smashing into other cars. Yeah. Clearly killing the person <laughs> and rendering their families like still you know, chasing Vin yeah, Diesel. Still chasing Vin Diesel. Like <laughs> rendering their families completely like, you know, oh the patriarch of the family is now dead and we now need to like live on the streets. No one's thinking about this at all in the movie, but like it's so, it it adds a whole different element to it. It's so funny and so ridiculous that like people are supposed to just be cheering on these villains that are robbing a bank. Talk about commercial success though. Oh, exactly. are enormous. Yeah. Becky and I went to see home again with Reese Witherspoon this weekend. Okay. Uh, we were drawn to it initially because we're both big, sappy Nancy Myers fans. Mm-hmm. Um, as it turns out, it's Nancy Myers' daughter who wrote and directed this film, uh, and her mother just like funded it. She just there. produced it, so it kind of has the visual aesthetic of a Nancy Myers film, and none of the charm or class. So, what's an example of Nancy Myers? Nancy uh, Myers made like her most recent film is The Intern with Robert De Niro. Okay, and, sure. And so she makes yeah. like rom coms that are like of a pretty nice caliber. Yeah, like good actors. Yep. Um, it's complicated with Meryl Streep and Alec Baldwin as yep. Nancy Myers. The Holiday with Jude Law and Cameron Diaz. Sure. The Parent Trap with Lindsay Lohan is you know, like she. Or one of her calling cards is nice kitchens. You see a nice right. kitchen, it might be a Nancy Myers rom com. The Parent Trap I watched like two weeks ago. Great movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. It holds up. Out. Holds up. Um, but the other one that I was gonna say was, uh, um, what's the one with Jack Nicholas and and Diane Keaton? Did she do that one too? Oh, uh, maybe. Uh, I think she did. Gee, what was that called? All. Ah, shoot. That was like his last movie. He hasn't done a movie in so long. Yeah, he did that one with Morgan Freeman where they were like old men trying. And I think that might have oh, bucket also list. Been you mean the bucket list? Yeah. But it was before that. Ah, uh, shoot. What was the name of that movie with Diane Keaton? It's not Something's Gotta Give. That's another movie. I think it was right before Something's Gotta Give. I think I mean, it was after it was... Something's Gotta Give. Anyway, I know what movie uh, you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. Yes. I think that is a Nancy Myers film. Yeah. Classy rom-coms. Often not afraid to put people who are over 40 in the films, too. Sure. Which is kind of nice. Anyway, uh, this was that. But Reese Witherspoon uh, plays like this... 40-year-old single mom, newly single mom, who moves to Hollywood and just lets these three 20-something filmmakers crash at her house while they uh, tour the studios to get their movie made. And they all fall in love with Reese Witherspoon. It's just, it's so trashy and poorly written. There were countless times where Becky and I just like, (laughs) just like we couldn't help ourselves. But because of that, we had such a lovely time watching this film. Sure. It was delightful to watch. It was never like, it was never painful. It was painful. never so bad. It was never, it was never upsetting. It was just right. like, oh, this is great. This is like, this is preposterous and delightful. Yeah. Good. So that's that a, was. That's a good night out of the movie. I was yeah. thinking Passengers was a movie that I didn't hate, that got terrible oh, yeah. reviews. And I sat through the whole thing and I was like, you know what? I was happy to sit down and eat popcorn with friends and watch that in a movie theater. It's a good example of fine. a movie also that was poorly marketed because people didn't know what they were getting. I think oh, people yeah. thought it was going to be this, threw- like, this like buddy comedy with, with Chris and Jen where they're like sexy and like having adventures and it was no, this weird mindfuck movie. What it was was, no, it, was, it almost wasn't as much of a mindfuck movie as 
like the the way the trailer was cut it was like they wanted like they they tried to trap you they wanted you to wake up and it really wasn't that yeah like that was totally wrong they made it seem like there was this whole like nefarious yeah and there wasn't that at all right. it was just they were they woke up early and they were fine they had to, like fix oh. the ship Okay. And that was like the I'm never gonna see it. whole crux of the movie. I don't care. Are you going to see her new movie, Mother, Darren Aronofsky? Oh, God, I don't think so. It looks terrifying. It does look terrifying. It comes out this week. I thought at first it was going to be an Oscar contender, but it's not doing extremely well no. critically. It's getting like the 70s for, okay. for reviews, so that's not, sure. that's not amazing. It might be one of those movies. Some of those movies, too, that aren't great um, end up just kind of being huge cult classics. That's true. You know? That's totally true. Well, and his last movie was Black Swan, so you have to expect it's going to be really effed up. Yeah. yeah. I, and I think he's trying to push that a little bit, too. Like, how can I make this more effed That's up than Black Swan? That's what I understand is that this movie is just too heavy. It's too artistic. It's too heavy on metaphor. Ugh. Like, this whole other couple that plays opposite uh, Javier Bardem and Jennifer Lawrence, is like, they're like a metaphor for the earth and the moon or something. Oh, God. Something bullshitty. Sure. Yeah. That's pretty deep. Other casting news, Mike Myers. Mm-hmm. Can you think of a movie that would be very apropos of Mike Myers to have been cast in? A movie we've been talking a little bit about lately? Um, trying to think of a movie we've been talking about lately. It's come up on the last two podcasts, this, this film that's in production. And it's not the Han Solo movie. Nope. Mike Myers. Cast in a new film. Not not a comedy, not to play a comedic role necessarily, although maybe, but he definitely has a special place in his heart for this movie, if only for the name of this movie. I honestly am drawn such a blank. Uh, the Freddie Mercury biopic Bohemian oh, Rhapsody cool. has cast Mike Myers. Put a mustache on that boy. I know, he could play <laughs> Freddie Mercury if he had a mustache. Yeah. If not, can't be done. Right. Sorry, too late. So he just wants to be in it because... I mean, I believe that he would want to be in it, but I don't know that. I know he's like a huge Beatles fan. I didn't yeah. know he was a huge Queen fan. Although I guess Bohemian Rhapsody in Wayne's World, right? Wayne's World. Wayne's that's, World that's helped to the make, tie-in that I'm. Wayne's World to be helped to here. make that song as successful as it is. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know if they're going to get Dana Carvey also, and they'll play like wacky publicists or something. <laughs> sure. That'd be kind of funny. Uh, Patty Jenkins is now officially coming back to direct Wonder Woman two. She is officially the highest paid female director in film history. Whoa! What did what did she do before Wonder Woman? That's a good question. Uh, was she known? She must have been known, but I mean, like, I don't what? think she was known before Wonder Woman. Like in, in the a mainstream circle, way. she was like probably. Yeah, people, I think people, people probably got thought who she was. she's really cool. But, she could do it. But I don't know. I don't know what her what her resume entails. Okay. Besides the huge success of Wonder Woman. I started watching uh, Wet Hot American Summer a little bit. The show? Uh, yes. Yeah. The latest show, which okay. is like in the 90s. It's like 1991. <laughs> Are you a fan of this overall series? <laughs> yes. Because all I've seen is the movie. Becky made me watch it when we were like first going out. Yeah. And she loved it, and I don't really get it. It's The whole thing is almost kind of like an, from an anti-comedy standpoint. Yeah. Like, and even in the first one... Like what they're doing now versus what they're doing then is so different because they're just introducing jokes that aren't really jokes. Like all of a sudden a uh, a person will come in with like a catchphrase <laughs> and just like repeat it to death. Yeah. And it's like not uh it's just not funny and that's what makes it funny. Right. Yeah. So they make this movie where they're all like 30 playing 16-year-olds. Yes. And then they come back 15 years later and they make the prequel where they're all 40 playing 15 year olds well and now they're playing like they're 18 not playing year olds. It's, it's supposed to so the first one was 
uh, the first day of or the last day of camp. Yeah. The second one was the first day of camp in okay. that same year. Okay. And this one is that the in the first uh, movie they make a joke about hey let's all meet back here in ten years and this is that and there's a whole thing about uh, is Michael Ian Black yep who's like okay like well let's make it for nine and someone's like well let's make it for nine thirty no in ten years we're gonna know oh, we're gonna Lord. get it like we're all gonna be responsible adults we can we can wake up and be there for nine right and he's like but. I've got a thing at 11, so I can't cancel that. <laughs> and so this is the 10 years from now. They all meet back at camp. Okay. And just... He has a great podcast. Oh, yeah. Michael someone told me Black. that. Maybe uh, it was you. How to be amazing. He has amazing guests. Like, really? really? He had Katy Perry a few weeks ago. Cool. Like surprisingly famous people. What's he like as a person? Is he... I feel... I, I think I might have heard him on Comedy Bang Bang before. And he's I, pretty dry. Yeah. He's, he's almost like a bit kind of... Um, yeah, I guess dry, sarcastic. He's brainy. You can tell he reads. Yep. Um, he's yeah. He seems like a smart, cool, sarcastic dude. Interesting. Yeah, I'd listen to that. Yeah, he's a good interviewer. What network's it on? You know, like what podcast network? Yeah, is it like a Gimlet thing or Earwolf or? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I can't. I can't hear him in my head saying this is from. Maybe he's just doing it himself. So I think it might be cool. Yeah. Uh, Liam Neeson announced he's retiring from action films. That's I don't disagree with that move. No, he said himself, I'm like 60-something. Yeah, he really like got super lucky with Taken and then pushed it so hard with for the next 10 to 15 years. Well, he kind of had a backwards movie. movie career for an actor, which is that he started in like fancy Oscar-winning art films and then became an action star. Well, it's like yeah. like reverse McConaughey. Well, and... The action began with Lord of the Rings, or uh, Liam Neeson's not in Lord of the Rings. I don't know if it if it started with what Liam. Are you thinking Viggo Mortensen? Liam Neeson's Liam Neeson's in Lord of the Rings. Liam Neeson is never in Lord of the Rings. What are you? Who are you thinking of? Are we sure? Okay. Who do you think he plays in Lord of the Rings? This I is, don't remember. This is embarrassing for you. I don't remember character names, but I'm positive that he's in lord of the rings not vigo mortensen i can't think of anyone in lord of the rings who you would be confusing him with other than vigo mortensen or like boromir it doesn't matter it's not we're talking about like qui-gon jinn schindler's uh, schindler's list taken liam neeson i don't think liam neeson's in schindler's schindler's list yes he is i think that's ray fines no, he is. In fact, he might be Oscar Schindler. We have to look it up. Okay. I could be wrong about that one. I'm not going to hold as sturdy on that one, but he's super not in Lord of the Rings. Schindler's List. Yeah, stars Liam Neeson as Oscar Schindler. It does? Yes. I thought I looked that up a couple years ago. Ray Fiennes plays Eamon Goth. I thought I looked this up a couple years ago and thought, what, that's not Liam Neeson? Liam Neeson is famous for such things as Schindler's List, Star Wars Episode One, Batman Begins. What is going on Taken. with my mind? He was in uh, Love Actually. That I know. Ted 2. Rob Roy. A Million Ways to Die in the West. Oh, yeah, that was funny. Okay, well, maybe it was... 
Yeah, it definitely was somebody other than Liam Neeson. This is embarrassing for you. I need you to know that. Yeah. I don't know where the action thing started. I don't know at what point he became an God, action God, I'm Maybe realizing what an asshole I must be sometimes when I'm just <laughs> talking in public. And, and you're people, insisting on things? People are like... I must do that not, so much. Not even necessarily insisting on things, but just like in passing conversation saying like, oh my God, yeah, and like Star like, you know... <laughs> he was in Lord of the Rings. He was so good in Lord of the Rings. Uh, Lord of the Rings he is like in Lord everyone knows the cast of Lord of the Rings too. Like I can't, I can't even figure out who you think he would be. I must have been Viggo Mortensen's character. I guess Aragorn. He's Viggo Mortensen's definitely younger than Liam Neeson. Yeah. I yeah I I don't know what to say. I it's need okay. to just go take some time on myself. Yeah, how many times I listen back to this podcast and I'm reminded to fact check something that we were back and forthing and we didn't fact check during the show and right. I check and I'm not right. And he also played Oscar Schindler. I was double wrong on something that I used to think I was right <laughs> I'm about. I'm not sure you know who Liam Neeson is. I used to think. <laughs> He's the guy, he played Mace Windu, right? Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, okay. you got it. He said the whole thing about snakes on a plane. Right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Liam Neeson's going to retire from action films, so now he's never going to be in Lord of the Rings, oh, for the record. Damn it. <laughs> Maybe you would have been right otherwise. Oh, the biggest uh, movie last weekend was a little bit unprecedented, although the hype was pretty big. It is the mm. biggest opening weekend, biggest opening day for any horror movie ever, the okay. biggest opening day for any R-rated movie ever, that includes like The Hangover, Wow. ever. The biggest opening for any September movie ever. $50 million in just one day. It's only third all year behind Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and Beauty and the Beast. Wow. Huge for a horror niche movie. So Guardians 2 is the biggest movie of the year? No, Beauty and the Beast is. Beauty and the Beast was. Yeah. Wow. So have you, are the the reviews are pretty good for it aren't they yeah they're, they're like they're like 87 ish god on, on it looks Tomatoes. so scary so friggin' scary yeah <laughs> i mean i i knew that i wasn't gonna be able to watch it anyway yeah but i have this awkward thing where i really enjoy stephen king as a storyteller but so much of his work is not suitable to what i can digest right like the odd thing he does that's not horror i always love it yeah but i can't do good, this one good science fiction so i i read the whole plot synopsis of all of it on Wikipedia the other day. And what did you think? I wouldn't enjoy it. I don't There's think a lot I would of misery like, in it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, well, even the synopsis from the TV movie, I remember it just not adding up for me. Okay. When I was in junior high. It's interesting because I think one of the things And people, Liam Neeson was in it. Yeah, he was. He played all the characters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he played all the kids. The <laughs> 6 foot 7 Liam Neeson played all the little boys in the Losers Club. <laughs> The, the kids are said to have really excellent chemistry. They're excellent in this movie. But the thing about it is that it's split in two parts. And the second half is where they come back 27 years later and they're all grown up. Oh. And so I think it's largely considered by Stephen King fans to be far less intriguing than when the kids are battling the right. monsters of Derry, Maine. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess it remains to be seen whether or not they'll cast it well. Right. But it's already casted. No, because they're going to do a part two oh, with all the oh, adults. Oh, the part two is the... Oh, yeah. so that, that wasn't in That is not part oh, of it, no. Interesting. They haven't done that yet. And it's already well underway. It's going to happen, but they'll have to be careful to make it as appealing without the charm of these little boys who say the F word a lot. Right. So the movie has isn't necessarily concluded. Uh, no, the first half is done. They, wow. me they meant to do it in two parts. That right. was always the plan. So does it say like it part one at the beginning? I guess. Cool. I guess it probably does. 
Did you see this clip of Jim Carrey giving a weird interview going <laughs> No, around? I saw people posting about it, and I saw, like, the video of him just kind of walking around. Did you video. watch the video? No, I didn't. I have the video. Why don't you watch it? Okay. Sure. And uh, just tell me what you think, because okay. everybody's saying Jim Carrey, Carrey's lost his mind, or saying he was crazy or on drugs or, like, depressed or... Um, I have a feeling that you don't feel that way. No, I don't feel that way. Okay. I've covered a lot of fashion weeks. This is the first time I've run in to Jim Carrey. Wait, tell me, is it true you're wandering the streets? You need a date to the party? What's up? No, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm doing just fine. Uh, I just, uh, you know, there's no meaning to any of this. So I, uh, I wanted to find the most meaningless thing that I could come to and join. And, uh, and, uh, and here I am. They're celebrating- I mean, you gotta admit it's completely meaningless. Well, they say they're celebrating icons inside. Celebrating Do you icons. In icons, boy, that is just the absolute lowest aiming, you know, possibility that we could come up with is like icons what do you do you believe in icons i don't I believe in personalities i don't believe that you exist but there is a, a wonderful fragrance in the air you don't believe certain icons have the power to make change to think differently to be bold to inspire others artistry you're one of them yeah no i yeah. uh I, I don't believe in icons uh i don't believe in personalities i believe that peace lies beyond personality beyond invention and disguise, beyond the red S that you wear on your chest that makes bullets bounce off. I believe that it's deeper than that. I believe we're a field of energy dancing for itself. And uh, I don't care. But Jim, you got really I'm, dressed up for the occasion. You look good. No, Was I didn't that an get accident? dressed up. I didn't get dressed Who up. Who did? There, there is no me. There's no you. No. We're not here. This is a dream? There's just things happening. It's not our world. None That's of this is key. real? Nope. So you're just passing We don't through. matter. We don't matter. Oh, wow. There's the good news. Okay. So, like, I I don't think it was... I don't know if he's playing a character. I see where he appears crazy. And I think all of the we don't exist, I don't exist, you don't exist, we're all just vessels of energy. Sure. I think that's BS. I mean, that, and that's not the first time that that's been, been done or said. No. In a public area. But... I have to say, first of all, she didn't handle it very well. She addressed him by saying, I hear you're roaming the streets looking for a date, which right. is very condescending and yeah. bizarre. And then she spent the whole thing, well, she, I mean, she's got like a front row seat to Jim Carrey being weird. Yeah. You're gonna, you know Jim Carrey's going to be weird, right? When you approach Jim Carrey, you might not expect that, but you know Jim Carrey's going to be weird. Mm -hmm. And all she can do is like make her eyes really wide at the camera being like, what do I do? Uh, this yeah. is like an emergency. Yeah. Frig off. He's although, being weird. Although I do appreciate that she was like, uh, you don't think that icons can do things and affect change and you know there's a lot of stuff like I appreciated that she kind of com composed herself that much to say you don't believe that yeah you know these people are, are agents of change I appreciated when she said but you got dressed up tonight because yeah. like he's at, he's like saying this fashion week thing is such bullshit. Right. Like, she's like, but you're she's in like, a nice well, you suit. You look really good. He didn't really have a good excuse. He, he for actually that. looked like he matched her. Like they both looked <laughs> like they were in uh, like very sparkly dystopian uh, like industrial steel yeah, suits. They kind of looked like the Hunger Games, didn't they? Yeah, it was like kind of a weird shiny navy blue thing going on. Well, I think it was a little bizarre mm -hmm. and maybe arrogant. Um, I think his message is still valid, which is that the celebrating of people and pedestalizing people and making certain things have uh, artificial value when there are more important things to worry about. 
I think that's a valid message. Right. I think he definitely struggles with, um, I I don't know what what the term for it would be, but he definitely feels, uh, shoot, um, like a phony, I guess. I think I think he definitely yeah. feel feels a certain guilt for not contributing more uh, important things to the world. And by the way, I don't think that about Jim Carrey. I think laughter is a good thing to give to the world. Totally. But I think sometimes these comedians are like, okay, but I'm not saving lives, and I think that that's yeah. a problem. I think he's he's a pretty deep guy. I think like I feel like he is the type of guy who definitely struggles with depression or is possibly like bipolar. He's got something going on. I saw a video with him recently where somebody was just doing a, uh, an expose of his paintings because that's his greatest passion now. Is, right. and he's a wonderful painter. Uh, and the line he said that made that took my my nerves away was, I love being alive. And I was like, fine, that's all I needed to hear. Sure. Because I don't want to turn on the internet one day. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, so I found that kind of interesting. Let us know what you think. Tweet us at Show Show Podcast. Is Jim Carrey crazy? Want to, talk about, not. want to talk about shows? He's just more like Kaufman-esque than ever before, possibly. Well, maybe he was just never totally able to shake the Kaufman when he... Well, exactly. Did Man on the Moon. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to go first okay. in, in the recap. And I All think right. uh, because we're doing football shows... We're doing football shows! We're doing shows about people who are obsessed with football. That's I'm sorry. Really how to describe it. That's that's a good way of putting yeah. it. I'm sorry for pressuring you into this. I, I was like, it's the start of the football season... I have this weird obsession, even more so now that I'm really into fantasy football. Um, so, yes. I don't think is, there was a single moment problem. where you pressured me into talking about either of today's shows. Okay, good. Uh, in fact, I, I really love this first show I'm going to recap, which is Friday Night Lights. I think it's a fabulous Great. show. I thought you would like it. Um, I, I've seen the pilot before. In oh, fact, cool. I think I've seen most of the first season, but it was a long time ago. Nice. Timer me up. Great. Let me get ready. You're wearing a football shirt right now. I am. It is something versus Atlanta. Yeah, it's right. just a score clock. Was this a real moment when so, it was 28 to 3 in the third? 28 to 3 in the third quarter, the yep. third of four quarters. This is the moment when it all turned around this for, is the, moment for where the Netherlands. That's <laughs> for New England. New England. <laughs> and uh, that was in the Super Bowl when they were down 28 oh, 3. This was it, just recently. Yeah, it was, well, it was in February. It was yeah. the most triumphant comeback. And then, do you want to see what's on the back of my shirt? Yes, I do. Uh, the Netherlands. 34, Atlanta, 28. Atlantis, 28. I was going to say, are you going to say Atlantis? <laughs> Netherlands versus Atlantis. It was a great game. Would have been wild. Underwater? Above water? Uh, it was above water. I yeah, okay. Naturally. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to start the timer here. Anyway, isn't that a cool shirt? It's a great shirt. It's like it's a, like a story of triumph. Oh, let me ask you before we, we talk about this, how do you feel about the charge that the Boston Red Sox are cheating against the Yankees with Apple you know Watches? What? I just heard about this. Uh, I find it kind of crazy and kind of hilarious that they, and I'm not a huge baseball fan at all. No, but you are traditionally always on the side of the Boston, Boston team. That's right. Yes. Um, I mean, I don't know. I The most that I learned from it was on the Bill Simmons podcast where they were saying apparently they were trying to steal pitchers and and catchers signals they were sending signals via their eye watches rather than their apple watches rather than just with their hands well they were they were communicating what the what the signal for the pitcher was going to be to the batter gotcha so it would be like curveball mm-hmm. you know like 
I don't know what they were doing with their Apple Watches to communicate that, but right. there was a, a huge system in place. I don't think people would care except for that New England teams have already got a pretty substantial cheating scandal on their hands in the last couple of years. Right, and that's just from the Patriots. Also, baseball is the only sport where you could get away with having an Apple Watch on during the game. I know. That's the thing with baseball. Baseball is so crazy. I don't pay attention a lot to it. I was considering trying to jump in on the Red Sox this year and just have that be like my thing like i start watching all the games but i i just didn't have enough time sure i've got enough sports on the go you do celtics got kyrie irving that's official yeah um anyways so i'll start i'll start my watch okay i'm gonna go on go all right on three two one go but is the new coach of the high school football team in dillon texas where everybody in town is obsessed with the high school high school football the big game is going to turn everything around uh, the star player is the quarterback who has a chance at being perhaps the greatest football player in the world someday. But during the final game, he breaks his neck and has to be medically evacuated. They almost blow it for the final game, but they end up rallying together and winning the final game. But oh no, it looks like he's never going to walk again. Right. That uh, was a great recap. Thank you. Um, Not a lot happened in this episode nope. because so much of the final act of the show was just the football just game. Just the game. It was, it was like, it never felt too long, the show, right. but they were able to just lay the groundwork in 42 minutes. Totally. Without it feeling slow and like I was still emotionally invested. It was the first time I saw the show. The show I liked more than the movie and I loved the movie. Okay. You've uh, never seen the show before. I'd never, well I'd seen episodes of the show but I'd never saw the first episode. Okay. And it was like a very, like I had chills. It was a very kind Be- of beautiful triumphant pilot. rocky moment. It was, it was like the New England comeback of yore. It was quiet. They yeah. did this interesting artistic thing where a lot of the really emotionally heavy moments were really soft yeah uh and and they're underscored by the music of uh what's the band called uh, the never ending i forget i don't know i don't know about this no uh no. some i think something never left. but it's 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 a powerful device especially in sports things where you can see crowds of people cheering but you can't hear them yes because uh, you're kind of trapped inside the head of the of the one track minded football player yep. or the coach or whatever yep. Kyle Chandler's great in everything he's so serious but uh, I don't know if there's a whole lot of levity in this show it, it's my understanding that this quarterback doesn't walk again I think that the, yeah, the show is kind of about how this team carries on without their star player he's, he's basically the perfect version of himself I think before he breaks his back and then yeah. kind of goes into a downward spiral have you ever seen have you ever witnessed one of those career ending life changing injuries in a sports uh, game? Yeah, I'm sure I have. But I don't know if like I don't know if I've seen like a spinal injury where like the right. person can't walk again. Yeah. But I might have seen the last plays of multiple people's careers. Isn't it sure. fascinating uh how big of a deal high school football is in small town Texas? I I remember seeing the movie when it was like two thousand four. Um and I It was, was the same in Remember the Titans. It was yeah. the same tone. Yeah, you're right. Um yeah. and I found it fun because the the thing about remember the titans is there's kind of like a whole like positive story about it it just comes out in the beginning of friday night lights and people you know have signs on the front lawn and people you hear the radio and that's all they're talking about it really paints the picture that this is all this town cares well and kyle chandler's job is to be the high school football coach that's his job yeah and everyone in town calls him coach right and he's got like straight up NFL gear. The stadium's like second to none. 
They've got he's got like a, a headpiece, like a wireless Bose headpiece, yeah. which I'm sure the whole system probably costs like thousands of dollars. Sports reporters are interviewing these players, and the players yeah. have like a media savvy. Yeah, yeah. It's I, and I think that's real to a certain extent. I don't think they're so cool. I think they're still awkward teenagers, but they're spectacular athletes. Right, and they're definitely recruited from junior high. You're going to come to our high school because our team is a big deal, and you'll yeah. you'll play in the NFL one day. How good is Kyle Chandler in it? He just He's great. Looks like an actual coach too. I think uh, John Hamm. I think I remember hearing him say that he auditioned for this part too. Really, and Kyle Chandler's his buddy, and Kyle Chandler got it. That would have been before Mad Men. Oh, yeah. 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 That would have been interesting if that made John Hamm. He would have been good, too. I think, yeah, I, I yeah. thought the same thing. I don't think he would have suffered no. in like getting that role over. Now, am I right that these movies really, the, the show and the movie have nothing to do with one another? They're really just both about uh, high school football in Texas and mm. the Americana that surrounds them. That's right. It's all about Dylan, Texas. Like, okay. The, like, it's basically, yeah, that... The stories are a little bit different. It's sure. all about a coach who's kind of going to the big dance for the first time and a coming of age story for all of these students that are coming up through the through the league and graduating right. and trying to figure out what they're going to do with their lives, but also having this huge love of football. Now, the funny thing is there's actually actors that were transferable from the That's what the I was going to ask. Is show. Connie Britton not the coach's wife in both she things? She is. Yeah. And I, I believe, is it Billy Bob Thornton who's the coach in... Friday Night Lights. Yes, in the in the movie. Yes, um, and it's funny because the whole theme of Friday Night Lights, the movie, it's kind of it ends up they they go to the state championships or they go to the national championships and they lose. Right. So it was kind of funny. Like I kind of expected there to be that loss at the beginning and maybe like come back after that, but then I realized it's a pilot. You got to get people kind of invested. You want to have the dork kind of throwing thirty yard touchdowns. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Yeah, oh, I was, it was great. Really sweet, really sweet. I'm, I'm going to watch more. I was like, a sucker I, for it. I have seen, I think, most of the first season before, mm -hmm. but Becky was watching it with me, and she's like, oh, I want to watch more of this, because we both, it's a good we're, show. Kind of, we're kind of suckers for like high drama with a lot of emotion in yep. it, um, a la This Is Us, you mm -hmm. know? And so I think I think that this is kind of up our alley. It's interesting to me how much I take to sports drama. I think I think because ultimately sports is just a metaphor for humanity and the struggle of life. It's just an easy way to show like the hero's journey. That's right. You know, like it's so easy to do it with sport because like okay, he literally gets knocked down in the first scene and then he comes back, something happens and then he's got to fight his way back and will he die or Right, and togetherness is stronger than individuality. That's right. Yeah, team sports. It, this this town of Dillon, Texas, reminds me of what Gloria McCluskey probably wants Dartmouth to be. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what I got. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, she, sure. she just has this idealized romantic idea that Dartmouth is isolated and, yep. and wholesome. Totally. And like I, I met Gloria McCluskey on the Levy tour one day, and I was half in the bag, and... I think the Penguins had played the night before. I think they played Boston yeah. the night before. And um, was she like, "When's Dartmouth getting their NHL team?" Well, she, I'm sure that was part of the conversation. Yes, yeah. but um, yeah, I, I, I think the Penguins had played Boston the night before. And so she's like, "Did you see Sydney play last night?" Right. And we we're like, "Oh yeah, it was great." And and then she said something snide about Brad Marchand, and 
Uh, and I was like, oh, he's kind of a punk, right? And she's like, he's such a punk. Like, he's from hates, Halifax. She hates Brad Marchand because <laughs> he's from Greater Halifax, and she loves Sydney. Oh, God. She's like a character in Parks and Rec. She's, you're right. She's such a battle axe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good lady, though. Glow totally. Glomac. Fights for Dartmouth. Wait, and, and it's funny. Do you call her Glomac? Glomac, yeah. <laughs> That's what I call her. That's amazing. I called her that on Twitter once. She didn't get upset, so I think it's okay. Oh, and she responded, though? Well, she was responding to me initially, because when they announced Ikea was was going to open in Dartmouth Crossing, Which I tweeted that I was really excited there was going to be an Ikea in Halifax, and she's like, she responded to me. She's like, hmm, last time I checked Dartmouth Crossing was in Dartmouth. <laughs> I was like, oh, sorry, Glomac. You're right. I'm from Dartmouth, too. Sorry, Glomac. Did she respond? Did she just no, like, I don't like think, it? And I don't on? think she responded. Um, oh, that's funny. But that's come up again because they they actually named the Ikea the Ikea Halifax, and she, of no. course, had a problem with that. Uh, yeah. Has she, like, retired from politics? She'll never retire from politics. <laughs> She's always in it. Yeah. I'm not sure she has a seat anymore, but she always matters. I remember meeting her and saying, like, I, I did a co-op for, like, the canoe kayak Canada or something. And she was like, so you're on like Panooka all the time. And like, <laughs> like so I was so excited about it. It was great. She would, if you met her, she would love to hear that you just moved back to Dartmouth. Yes, you're right. She would be thrilled. If I saw that. her on the street walk by, I think I would be like, Gloria, yeah. I lived in the Valley for a couple of years and then I lived in Halifax, but guess where I am now? <laughs> and I was in Cole Harbor before that. So he yep. kind of stole me away. Oh yeah, no, she'd be thrilled. Nice. She's a sweet person, but she's, you know, Sweet local counselor who's passionate and in comfortably in her seventies. She is a Leslie Nope in her seventies or eighties. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Leslie Nope would have an edge when yep. she got older. You're right. You're right. She'd that be is, a little war torn. That is about. So anyway, that's what I think. Like the Dylan Texas definitely has a few Glomax. Yes, for sure. I agree. It, wasn't it funny how many of the like women were just casually flirting with high school? Seniors, they're like, celebrities. Like, are we supposed to think that's a regular thing? Like, what's a blitz? That sounds sexual. I, I bet it does happen them. a little bit. Yeah. I bet it does happen a little bit. The In same way, like, like people our age lust after mooseheads. Not a lot, but like, do they? I, I think so. Probably happens a little bit. Okay, not if you were to actually meet them face to face, right? You know, well, even even like from afar. <laughs> I find that really funny. I thought that. Would I don't know. I, I said that without thinking. Maybe it's not accurate, but yeah, I'm sure. Maybe uh, it doesn't surprise me that it happened in the show, and I bet it happens in real life. Okay. Okay. Taylor Kitsch uh, in the show. He plays the kind Riggins. of badass Riggins. Yeah. Um. He's been in a few things. I recognize the name Taylor Kitsch. I know. He's like. I think he was in like Pretty Little Liars or a show like that. Wasn't but he's that. no. No. He's Canadian. Cool. He used to be homeless. Wow. He's now, I don't know, I don't know if this was before he was homeless or not, but he's like a nutritionalist and like a personal trainer. He is now? <laughs> yeah. And he's also like, he's like one of the most famous actors out of the group. Like he's yeah. been in some big things. He did this uh, method-y thing in his audition for Friday Night Lights where he sent in a tape and he drank two tall boys in the audition. Uh, so like okay. he, for the first few minutes... Of the audition, he's not even talking. He's just drinking a beer. He uh, doesn't even nice. introduce himself until after the first beer is gone. Excellent. That was in character for sure. I like that. They liked that, I guess. Sure. You know what I don't like? When I bet he did too. He probably enjoyed that beer. Probably took the edge <laughs> off a little bit. Yeah. Um, he also had to do it in one take. Otherwise, he would have been pretty hammered. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't like when the writer or creator of a thing, in this case, Friday Night Lights, writes in a sequence where they're like, Hey, 
I've decided that our little project here is a perfect parallel allegory for some famous piece of literature, and I'm going to spell out to you exactly why that is. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Dad, Moby Dick, our the town white is, whale. Our town is basically Moby Dick because you're Ahab, yeah. and everybody's chasing after the trophy, which is the whale. Yeah, and I was like, right. okay, stop spelling it out to me. It would have been fine if they just left it in the first Couldn't scene. Couldn't we where just arrive at that on our own? <laughs> yeah. It's like the writer of the show is like, oh my God, I'm Herman Melville. Right. I have to tell everyone. That's a great point. Yeah. I uh, really, a I, I, ton of good actors in it. Yep. Really good. I love Connie Britton. I think she's great. Yeah. A lot of good music. Yeah. Um, which I forget. I, I want to say it's like Never Ending Lights or like. Fi- oh. Uh, fi- something like. Uh, Thank you. I don't know. Never Ending Lights. That sounds familiar. I'm gonna look. Never ending white lights. That was a band. No. I'm gonna search Friday Night Lights movie music. Yeah, but it was a movie. I know it's explosions in the sky. Okay, that's where they got it from, though. Like the whole they took the same sonic aesthetic. Totally. Like okay, everything kind of sounds like this. I'm gonna hit play on YouTube in a second here. There's no ad. Which there, (laughs) damn it, there is. Always an ad. Uh, but it's only three seconds. So it's stuff that sounds like this. Oh, God, I hope this doesn't take a long time to get into. You're right, though. I mean, we could do the whole podcast like this, and it would be kind of like a scene from uh, Friday Night Lights because we're talking, you and all what? of a sudden you kind of realize that there's more to this podcast than just us recording, you know? Life is fragile, and at one point, all of us are going to fall down. It's going to happen to all of us. We're going to fall. And we can't, as try as we might, we could try to bubble wrap ourselves, and bubble wrap the ones we love, but we're going to take hits. And some of us are going to break our necks. <laughs> <laughs> they might not be able to walk, but shit. As long as we win the game, it was a good day. We still got, and, and there's going to be calls by the ref that are horse crud. <laughs> But you know what? We gotta turn it around. We gotta pray to God. We gotta work hard. It's Texas. Do you think God likes football? <laughs> I know. No, what is it? Everyone loves football. <laughs> that was his response. Amen. Uh, yeah, uh, they all say amen. Anyways, that was uh, Explosions in the Sky. I love it. And they do... I, I think they played like Bonnaroo. Like Friday Night Lights soundtrack made them pretty big, but... They're also like a touring band, and I, and I think if they didn't get Explosions in the Sky for the show, which I think they did, Peter Berg did the movie and the show. Uh, he wrote the book. Did he write the book, Peter too? Peter Berg. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe I misinterpreted the name I, I of think, the creator. There's uh, a book that it's all based on. Yes. No, maybe 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 Peter Berg is just the creator. I think the, he's just the, the creator. He's also... It's funny, because we were close to doing Ballers for the show, but right. I switched it to... Um, Something a little To heavier. see if you wanted... Yeah. Yeah. And... Peter Berg actually plays the coach in Ballers, the coach of the Miami Dolphins. Oh, no way. And so I think he's got like a real love for football. Totally. Um, and I really one, thought Ballers was about basketball. No, Ballers all about uh, is all about like managing football players. I mean, The Rock does look more like a football player. Did well, he play a football player? He was. He, uh, he Yeah, he, he played a football player, a former NFL player. Who's plays now an like, ex-football player. Who's now like a money manager. Right. Um, but he actually played for the U, the, the University of Miami, which is like a huge school that like tons of NFL players went to. I believe that. Yeah. 
some of these guys just have like all the athleticism that totally that they could need. I would love to see The Rock play football. It'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Do you recommend do you give Friday Night Lights your ass? Yeah, definitely. I like if I have time, I think I might try to watch a couple other episodes. Me too. I could yeah. get I could sink my teeth into that thing. Totally. Just sure. some kind of like deep drama. Yeah. With football. All right, so the other one is uh, tonally entirely different. Tonally entirely different. And it's about an entirely different way to be obsessed with football. That's right. It's less a metaphor for life, and it's more a metaphor for, for some people for being in an life? immature douchebag. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Slaney's going to recap the pilot episode of The League in three, two, one, go. Okay, so the story centers around six friends, Pete and all of his kind of underachieving friends, although two of his friends are lawyers, one of his friends is kind of a burnout, and the other friend is a dermatologist, I believe. Uh, They all love fantasy football. They compete yearly. In this episode in particular, his uh, wife at the time does not want him to continue playing fantasy football. All his friends do. They uh, have a series of hijinks for how they're getting the first draft pick. They end up having a draft pick at their friend Andre's house. Uh, while he's trying to be cool at a party. I want to commend you on completing a 30-second recap without having to restart. Thank you. That's <laughs> the first one that I've been able to do, like, cohesively. Like a month, yeah. That was um, good. That was about right. Again, not a whole lot happened here. It's really just kind of laying no, the groundwork for what this group of people does. And I want to apologize because it's not the best episode to, like, you know, it's part of part of the charm of the show was it became such an improv comedy, too. Like, sure. it became very, like, six comedians kind of joking about what they're doing. And not every show has a lot to do about fantasy football. Um but it's a good kind of vehicle for six dudes hanging out. Sure. And it became less douchey because I know what you mean. Like it really seemed super like douchey, bro. We were bro-y. really trying to appeal to, uh, but it got more niche. And there was kind of like in a, how I met your mother way, okay. all of these in jokes that worked their way throughout the episodes. Sure. Like, you know, a guy calling his junk, his equipment I don't even know where that came from, but he's always like, if you know, if someone gets hit, they're like, oh my god, he got hit in the equipment. So they develop their it. own language, their own shorthand. Totally, shorter. it's cool. like it's almost like a, a world. And Jason Manzukis comes in and plays uh, an insane person. Yeah, and he's he would. so funny. He plays Nick Kroll's brother-in-law. I mean, I liked it. I didn't dislike the show. No, it, it was fun. It had some laughs. I really didn't know what to expect, though. I didn't know yeah. what I was getting into. I didn't even know Nick Kroll was in it. Oh, no? He just showed up, and I was like, oh, that's a big name, except yeah. he wasn't then, I guess. He wasn't really. And and honestly, like he's possibly the least likable part of the show. Maybe. Like, uh, Mark Duplass, who, you know is a known actor has been yep. in a ton of things and created a lot of things. He's kind uh, of the main character. He's kind of the main character. Yeah. He's kind of like the office spacey kind of like, I forget what the guy from office space's name is the kind of underachiever. That's the, but the straight obsessed. man like, yeah. ultimately. Yeah. He's not as crazy as the people around him. That's right. That's right. But he antagonizes them. Yeah. Do you identify at all with the group mentality of the, because you still are friends with a lot of your buddies yeah. from for, that you've known for 100%. years and 100%. In fact, I could probably read you some of the like messages in our fantasy football thread that we have going on okay. right now. Um, just trying to see something that's like one of my friends writing gray you feeling Thielen? Thielen is a receiver and then said jk gray has been asleep for seven hours now because he's a dad right um people talking about like the general 
I, I texted that Jen said that uh, Drew Brees, who's a quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. Seems... I'm who Drew Brees is. You do? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's not that obvious. Okay. Uh, uh... He goes on Ellen sometimes. <laughs> right. That's actually <laughs> part of the point. Jen said, Drew Brees seems like a nice person. Yeah. And I said, why does he seem like a nice person? She's like, I don't know. He's like friends with Ellen and he just <laughs> does a lot of nice things yeah. for people. And uh, then there was a side-by-side picture of him versus the other quarterback he was playing. And my friend said, and he looks way less insane than Sam Bradford. <laughs> and, like, it's just an ongoing thing. I was texting in it before walking into your apartment. Today. Can I just say that there are some people who are crazy about sports and there are some people who are crazy about, like, celebrity pop culture. Mm-hmm. And there's some overlap. Some people like both things. But it's not uncommon for you to be one or the other. And so many people who love sports think it's so stupid to be obsessed with the personal lives of celebrities and who's dating who and who's playing what in what movie and and people who love movie stars and tabloid culture would never text their friends about what's going on lately with Taylor. They would never have like a conversation that's right. just strictly about this thing. That's true. I thought you were going to say there's no crossover between the people that liked one thing and like the other. No, there can be crossover. Yeah. It probably doesn't happen all the time. Right. Yeah, I, I know. It's funny, like, and I've developed such an obsession. Essentially, it's all just people loving watching Millionaires. <laughs> yeah. But but I've developed, like... But sports obsession and, and, and obsessing over the personal lives of these people. Totally And different. deciding he just had a kid, so he's lazy on the field now or whatever. Yeah. That is just a different kind of celebrity worship. Right. Yeah, you're right. We, um... Well, no, that was us actually just razzing our friend. Oh, I see. Who had the kid. Oh, I see. But uh, It was interchangeable with, with talking about an athlete. I, I think so. Although, like, we essentially don't really care about the people. There are some personalities, like, in the NFL. But overall, I think we're just so competitive with each other. Right. And we like talking shit to each other. And we just want our team to beat, like, our friend's team. Right. I think of my friend Duncan, who... And I don't, I don't want to name him, but he wouldn't care. Sure. Uh, Duncan knows nothing about movie stars and singer songwriters and he would not be able to tell you um uh jake gyllenhaal from matt damon i don't i don't think he could maybe he could but um but i remember one time he was telling me all about how funny steph curry's wife is (laughs) and i was like you realize this is the same right yeah Yeah. and she is funny is she he's not wrong yeah nice she's sassy i believe that yeah but yeah so so yeah it's fantasy something that came up like like last year for me and i'm like this is so stupid i'm not gonna get into it right and now you know i can see how we're basically like like that group of six guys it i was just... a member of fantasy league once yeah oh right i remember hearing the story it was first year rta and i really wanted to make friends uh-huh and this guy sam who's a wonderful guy and loved sports more than anybody i've ever known uh, wanted to get to know people. Also, so he started a NHL fantasy league. Yeah. And so everybody joined up and I was like, well, I want to make friends, so I'm going to join up. And I just had Ross uh, do your all brother. the work. Yeah. <laughs> to curate my, my, and I won. And, and your brother's really into My hockey. brother's really into hockey and sports in general and statistics. Right. And so he's good at that stuff. He's sure. really good at it. Does he play in fantasy leagues? Often? He definitely has. I don't know if he's in one now, but he used to run one when he was in school. Right, okay. Um, yeah, so he, he was happy to do it for me, and he won. And the problem with that is that at first, everyone was like, oh, Colin, like, you're really good at this. And they would try and talk sports with me. Yeah, and that was and where... And over time, by the time I won, by the end of the school year, 
it was very clear to them that I didn't know jack all about sports. Right. And how was I doing this? And so right. it was clear to them that I was having somebody else do it for me. Wouldn't you have been happy to just do it yourself and been the guy that's clearly not that into sports and let people know straight up? Or, uh, it's funny that you were like, I want to win this. <laughs> it's not that I wanted to win. I just knew that I wouldn't pay attention to it if right. I had to curate it myself. I yeah. would just leave it still. And yeah. then I would bother people because I would have people people wanted. Right. And I would like, and I would, I would be, I would be frustrating to them yeah i'm gonna butt in because we were in a fantasy league for basketball like two years ago with katie and duncan and it went horrible yeah that's true but that's a good example of a time where i was in a fantasy league and just didn't do the work and it was why annoying. why basketball why did you guys get into that because duncan wanted to oh, okay so we said sure good friends and neither one of us paid attention uh, and it gets to the point where you guys are the worst because you're like Starting players that don't even have games and we stuff. Or they're injured. Yeah, they I didn't know how to do it, and and so it was my way of making friends. And I thankfully was able to ingratiate myself in That's radio good. school using my own affable charm. That's good. Yeah, you found other ways. Exactly. Why is fantasy sports always depicted as such a dorky thing? I don't know. Do you think it was depicted as dorky in the Definitely. show? Definitely. They're so lame. Yeah, they're lame for sure. But they're and their like... wives know they're lame. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I guess because it's, it's centered or it's literally called fantasy football. It's like some people have Dungeons and Dragons and sure. some people have a fake team of humans that they hope can athletically outperform another right. fake team of humans. Right. That you are the GM of. And yeah. there's a commissioner, like, and you feel personal feelings about the people on your team. Totally, and you start to present people, and you, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's also just a vehicle to talk trash, right? Totally, yeah. It's it's a vehicle to talk trash. It's a vehicle to get together. Like last Sunday, I had a bunch of guys over my house just watching football. We had like red zone going on. I made nachos on this new crazy barbecue that I have. That's great. You would love it. You're a homeowner. You should, you should get into it. But I'd have to get into football, so I probably won't ever eat your nachos. All right. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, Taco mm -hmm. John Lejoie. Is John Lejoie, how you, yeah. How you pronounce his name? Yeah. I remember him being like a YouTube person. Yeah. It's funny because he was a YouTube person, and I think that got him into the show, and then he kind of stopped being a YouTube person. I haven't heard of him in years. I saw his name in the credits, and I was like... Is that Show Me Your Genitals, John yeah, Lejoie? Yeah, exactly. And it was. And he was on there until... And he sang a song. Yeah. And he didn't do that frequently. But it's funny because he's kind of like the one standout comedian that I'm like, you know, I've never seen him on anything else. You'd think he, we would have seen him on Just for Laughs. He did like, the show. He was taco for like six or seven years. Yeah. Even if he was just like uh, another version of Dimitri Martin, you'd think he'd have a special by now. Yeah. I, I don't know what he's doing. And I think he was like a pretty promising JFL comic, like a just for laughs, like up and comer. Yeah. But it's interesting when he's singing that happy birthday song, which is like really vulgar. Yeah. It's funny and everything, but it was so ridiculous to me how long the parents waited before they cut him off. Yeah, I know. They, they, you saw it coming from a mile away. Of course. How dirty it was going to get. Yeah. And it got even dirtier. But they that, let him go like great. three verses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I thought it was pretty funny. I don't have a whole lot of notes on it. No, it was really like that was that was pretty much it. There's always I feel like they really took a cue from Seinfeld with a lot of the episodes. Like sure. it all kind of ends with, you know, 
like in the first episode, it seemed like Ruxin was trying to take the kid's shirt off, but he was just trying to get his jersey back, and then the parents walk in, and it's oh, like, yeah. what are you doing? Like, it's always kind of a series Circumstantial. Of, yeah, circumstantial, not like Three's Company style, but like there are kind of things that... Awkward misunderstanding. I, I, would, I would place it as more Seinfeldian, but with football and football players a lot it's funny because throughout the episode or throughout the seasons a lot of like football announcers and and football players actually end up guest starring on the show that makes sense yeah it's, it got pretty it's popular cool. although hugely it, popular it must have gotten more popular than i realized because it was on for seven years they were going to wrap after six years and then fx made them an offer they couldn't refuse right which is wild to me because i didn't even know the show existed then. yeah yeah it, it, it was like kind of a an underground like if you talk to anyone who in any fantasy league, if you said, oh, did you watch the league? There's a lot of people that would be like, oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, that's so interesting. It's kind of one of those, like, bro- it's almost like, um, what's the show with Adam Devine and... Uh, oh, Workaholics? Workaholics. Yeah, it does have a similar tone. Yeah, yeah. Less yeah. kind of, like, obnoxious and, like, they were clearly, you know, a little bit more writing going on there. But Yeah. Fratty. Friday, little Friday. Yes, Friday is a perfect way of describing yeah. it. Like I would, uh, I think a lot of university kids, especially in the states, would be. Speaking of Friday, did you know that this show used the word frittata in lieu of the word retarded? No, I read that today. I don't know if that. I, I don't. I don't have any evidence to prove oh, that. Oh, you mean like throughout the? But that FX, like the word retarded, is against FX standards of practice, so they don't allow that word. But right. they just use the word frittata instead i don't know i like i almost I just read that more today. backstory to it than like if it's like built into an episode well that would be the wise thing to do right i don't yeah. think it just came up like I don't, but i'm not sure it's not just like when they show the breakfast club on tbs on a sunday afternoon and they have to change the word fuckhead with like uh dipstick or something right and there's and all like, these like yeah. like uh there's all these the like, cop shows that are like you think I'm just sitting around here eating pineapple all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was the word they censored from pineapple? Well, it was like <laughs> it was. We're actually not allowed to say donuts on our it network. Was, it was an. It, it promotes was a, a negative. If you could use like a fruit or a vegetable instead, it would be really good for our kids. For I, our kids, I won't say it, but it was a it was a cat related word. A cat related word. A p word. Sweets. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. So I was like, gotcha. I was just sitting around eating pineapple. Okay. And you could see the mouth clearly go one way because it's like a close up on this person's face right. while they're saying it. Right. Yeah. Uh, do you recommend the show, The League? I recommend the show, The League. I, I, you got to get past the first episode. Yeah. I, I didn't even watch the first season at all. I think I came in around like the third or fourth season. I don't know if I can recommend it based on the pilot. I, I have every expectation that it has its moments if you know that world. Yeah. But because it's so not my speed, even though like I like the comedians and everything, yeah. it's like really like it's a little exclusive. And also there's episodes where I don't think like fantasy football is mentioned. I'm sure like, that's true. It's just around it, or it might be like mentioned peripherally. I'm sure I'm sure you're right, but based on based on just the pilot's perspective, I probably just I probably won't give it my my seal of you're approval. Not, you're not going for it. Yeah, not I'm that just, I hated it. Yeah, I, I feel I felt kind of bad after the first episode. I was like, ah, shit, that's the one that that sweets had to go in on. Just twenty minutes. Yeah. It was just twenty minutes you're of my right. time, and it wasn't bad. I just it's not. I'm not going to watch more. Sure, we'll watch more Friday Night Lights though. Okay, great. 
Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith just sold their uh, beach house in Hawaii for $12 million. Whoa. Uh, Juxtapose that. Did you know that Michael B. Jordan comes into Friday Night Lights? I did know that. I did not. I I, just found that out tonight. I saw that out today. I saw that today, and I was like, he keeps showing up in these dramas. Right. About about the, the... the struggle of the American dream. That's right. The economic uh, strife. Yeah. And then Will Smith's there. And Will Smith was... His his cameo on Friday Night Lights was jarring, to be honest. Right. Especially when he showed up in character as Hancock. I found that. <laughs> he just <laughs> flew over like he was doing the like jet salute while yeah. there was... He was in place of the of the blimp. Yeah, over the football yeah. stadium. It was just Hancock flying. MetLife Hancock. Yeah, I found that odd. Twelve million bucks for if you want to buy his his beach house, but you have to be very comfortable with living where Will Smith has lived. Well, I was gonna say economic strife, and then you got this guy fucking grandstanding with a twelve million dollar house. I know. I don't know if I could live in a house where Will Smith lived. He's like the stuff that might have happened there. I don't know because I don't know, I don't know what the polyamory. No, that's okay with me. I get. I don't know. I don't really that's know. That's okay with you. I guess that's okay with me. I don't. I just. I don't know. If, I don't really can't put my finger on it after fifty six episodes of this show. But end of the day, I don't. I don't trust Will Smith, and I would recommend that others not either. It's about trust. It's about us, and I can't trust Will Smith. So. Never trust Will Smith.